the following live session recording, Bruce Woody, President and CEO of HH Architects of Dallas, Texas, will talk about architecturally speaking, what story is your building telling? For over 47 years, HH Architects has provided architectural interior design, strategic positioning and master planning services to clients ranging from churches to municipal entities, from schools to corporate buildings. They approach projects from the client's perspective and by building upon the client's image and identity. This session explores these aspects of church buildings. Let's join Bruce now. This is Mark Ashcraft. He's uh, one of our uh, senior associates been with the company. I can remember 20 something years. <laughs> 18. 18, sorry, sorry. Under a little under 20. Uh, and I'm Bruce Woody. I serve as our president CEO and I've been with the company in my 30th year. Uh, and so over the period, just a little quick about our, our uh, firm. Firm started in 1971. We're a second, we're second generation, we're not really that old. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, over the course of the years, we have focused much of our practice in the faith-based community. Uh, that's large-scale campus planning, a lot of churches, churches, private schools, private schools, without the church. But, and then the other types of things we do uh, would also be um, not-for-profits or faith-based. Could be corporate headquarters, could be community centers, could be a lot of different things. So um, you'll see a variety of projects, scopes, scales, and sizes uh, within a project you won't necessarily see a particular style that's carried throughout. Each one uh, is unique to particular setting, clients needs and all that. So, but as you saw, uh, the beginning of our, our uh, presentation today is about storytelling. And so the question we're asking today is what story do you believe your building is telling? So again, as architects working in a, a church related facility, campus planning, we're very concerned with, because we strongly believe that your building sends a message, tells a story, whether you whether you like it or not, uh, the story that it's telling. Yeah, and, and, and that story is important in creating you know that experience that really builds the church family because from the like the first impression online or face to face, somebody you've met in the community or when you greet them that first time as they come on your campus, even the existing members, they are part of or they're becoming part of your story. So what is that experience? How does your building either help or hurt that? And so it really comes down to, you know, when you think about the physical space, you know, what does that communicate? You know, when, when, when we, you know, use words, when we, when we use language, you know, that obviously is communication, but the physical space communicates. Like, you know, if it's, you know, solid, you know, walls, that's, you know, conveys strength. It also conveys, you know, utilitarian. There's a lot of things to think about. So when you start to consider that, you know, could that possibly be keeping people away, especially if it's an older facility or if it's um, not as timeless a design or if, it's, if it has some amenities that maybe are lacking compared to relevant expectations of the particular people you're, you're, you're targeting? So, so let's ask a question. Anybody uh, ever been on the campus you think the building could be sending, causing people to turn away? Yeah. Now you think about that. You know, you think about what the whole message and the gospel message is, and you're building in and of itself to an average passerby or someone that would like to don the doors of church in a community. They've moved to a community and they drive by and like, not there. Curb appeal means a lot. Curb appeal. Yes. Uh, curb appeal, warmth for all the great ministries that might be happening inside those walls. If your building is not letting them experience it because they, they just either believe it's not relevant, uh, 
maybe not kept up. Frankly, I've had pastors ask me, what do you believe about our facilities? Well, it's paid and tired and old. I'm like, what do you really, I mean, we know that. Tell me more. It's like, well, you might start with weeding the flower beds and mowing the grass because about 18 inches tall. And then, they just, you know, I had a pastor tell me, and I didn't, I, you know, I kind of bit my tongue on that one, but he was like, I needed to hear that. Because you you got to understand, the average passerby is looking and going, man, that's the way they care about their facilities. <laughs> what else do they care? You know, how other is important is well, there? We get comfortable. We get comfortable in where we live, but we don't always have that fresh set of eyes that says, you know, that, that person has never been here. How did they experience it? Because, you know, the first time we experienced it, it could have been it's the church we grew up in. So we were a little kid. We didn't have the critical eye. But if if that first time guest comes in, they are going to experience something different than your your average, you know, long-term member. So how do we, how do we leverage that? How do we really, you know, think that through? So, you know, a couple of things we're going to talk about today, there's really three main points. Um, it'll be um, thinking about how you design uh, specifically for your marketplace. Like the, we're all in a, a, a market, right? We're all in a, a specific demographic setting. Yeah, demographic setting that we're we're wanting to target. So when you think about that particular marketplace, you know what what does that target demographic expect? You know, if they were to go to um, just a you know a community center, if they were to go to the local mall, shopping center, you know, schools, you know, restaurants, where they work, you know, what do they expect to see? So what would be the equivalent of that, say, on, on your campus? Because that that creates a, a sense of, um, are you relevant? There's a relevancy to those expectations that if you're not meeting, you, you almost become, you know, irrelevant. So who do you believe in your household, in a household, is determined relevancy? Say again. Ask your question again. Who do you believe in a typical household is determining relevancy? Kids. 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 Most every time. And the reason why that is is because they go to a certain school if their church doesn't have as a baseline what their school has. You become irrelevant to that child. Remember the days when my, my kids, I have a 30, a 26, and a 22-year-old. There was a time years ago, the church I was attending, the eldership would talk about technology and it's almost in a negative fashion. I'm talking about 30 something years ago, not 25 years ago, because I did I was having younger kids. I said, you, you know, I know I told one of them, I said, you do understand at a point, my kids are going to see you irrelevant because they've never not known a computer. And if you are down talking computers as their relevancy in church, they will see you as irrelevant. That's what I'm saying. And so, because that, and that's just, uh, and so, who do you believe often causes parents to want to attend a church? Kids. Now, that doesn't mean that every you know kids are controlling the household. Hey, here's more. My family's going to go to church, mom and dad. But there's a lot of influence they can have because the reverse trend of that is parents want what's best for their children, right? And if they believe that church is not offering things that are relevant, that a church maybe down the street is. And again, these are broad, broad brush, but they also can become very specific and very real things that churches are dealing with. Uh, we, we talk about these things because we hear when churches speak the language of, to us, yeah, we used to be a church of 3,000, we're less than 2,000 now, because a church down the street built something and they've got it going on. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> what did you just say to us? You know, did that church beat you by what? Did, or, you know, did they, they you caused, you lost members because why? 
well, they then in turn go, because we, we've got really old outdated children's facilities or we don't have the kind of hospitality space that they have down there. They don't have, we don't have the technology in our room that we really should have put in several years ago in our worship. What you just communicated to us as architects, your buildings are be determining how people view your ministry. And you'll see some Yes. One of the things I'm finding in our church and what we built is the demographics of the neighborhood has changed so much. And I'll tell this to anyone in my church that whenever I came there 35 years ago, our church was the little white church set on the corner. This is where whoever was whatever went to because we go to the First Baptist Church in Georgia. Right. As the demographics of the neighborhood changes, and it's changed across the board. Been on the south side of Atlanta, we have a lot of warehousing. Uh, we have people coming in uh, that may not be legal. But we held last year a multi-tipping day Sunday, which we acknowledged who all represents us in our church. Come to find out we had 16 countries represented in our church. And that speaks, I think, broadly of the appeal that we have in our church. So we have to have a very comfortable church building facility that has been maintained. Yeah. I know because I've done a lot of it. But the point of it is, who's there and why they're there, to me sometimes is more important than the building. And how they're treated when they come into that building, no, and no. how they're brought in, and whether they are spoken to, no matter right. what country right. they're from, what color their skin is, or it is, whatever. Right. Yeah, and so that you, you 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 are saying a lot of things we also say. So a building is just a tool. We've always heard that. That's it is. And and so. Um, but that tool can be the right tool, or sometimes it can be a bad tool. And for uh, and, and I'm assuming even my wife likes to use certain tools, and we all recognize, hey, if I had if I had the right tool, this job would be really a whole lot easier. I'm making it difficult. I need to go buy the right tool that will do this. And then you go like, gosh, why, why didn't I have that three years ago? But we can sometimes have our tool and still not use it right. But you're right. The building is this tool. So if things inside the church aren't aren't happening, the building in and of itself. Can can no, lose is it serving what it was intended? But you don't want your building to be a deterrent either. That is correct. That's correct. Because then people never get to see a lot of times the good uh, that and, and or if they walk in, let's say they, they walk the curb appeal is not bad, right? Or terribly bad, but they walk in and now again, let's say they walk into a restroom, and I can tell you we're working on a few of these projects right now across the country. Uh, where the church itself would, would admit these things. Yeah, that bathroom's never been updated since the 1960s. That right. carpet is since the 80s. You know what that speaks to an average lay person out there in the community? Nothing good is happening here. Because yep. they've not been able to. Now, that doesn't mean obviously or not, because this is a great, but they, but it's sending a message, and Mark said, oh, it's just we just get comfortable. And the people that have gone there since before the 60s are saying, hey, those restrooms still work fine. It's, you got you got to think about the first time guests. And again, there are levels of expectations, whether we like it or not. 
uh, church has become a little more consumer oriented, right? We judge hotels, you know, it looks really cool on the website. You walk in, it's like, oh, it's better on the website. Or, and you go like, I got a week here. I was really hoping it'd be a little more cool. Or you walk in that hotel and you go, wow, we get to be here, my family and I get to be here for a, a, the next week. Think about that the first time someone dons the door of your church. Well, it is hard. Um, we had just renovated our church and we spent $150,000. It's hard to get the typical congregant to understand we got to do some upgrades. Right. Because of the mentality. That right. carpet looks fine. It's not worn too bad. Yeah, that's right. So, but we had finally, we convinced folks and we did 150000 yeah. in the past month. Well, yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, it is finding the balance between missional and attractional. You know, because every church is going to have its own unique blend. But then, ultimately, everything has to be ministry-driven, including the architecture, because that really is, is where you, you find that optimum zone that everything is driving towards. How are we sharing the gospel and reaching people for Christ? Because like Bruce said, this is still just a tool. It's an empty shell until you fill it with people doing ministry. But if it's the coolest building in the world, it can win all kinds of awards. But if the if the ministry is not backing that, it's just... It's just a, a bunch of awards. Right. But it's really cool. So, building, but maybe not be fun. There's a yin and yang between the two of them. Yes. Yes, yes. yes ma'am. Um, my question is, there's so many churches now, so many different, like mega churches and churches and the other ways. Are you finding that they're all competing for the same type of building, um, renovations? This is the This is the go-to. Every church now is having this. Or is it... Just what's specific for their area, that's, that's, their ministry? That's, that's a great question. I'd say it's a little bit of a hybrid. Okay, so let's start with uh, a go-to, not not a certain look, or it has to be this certain colors, because that's going to get be trendy, right? We don't want right. to necessarily follow trend. trend. Mm -hmm. But if if a church is speaking of, gosh, we did, we just roughly really have an extended foyer off of our large sanctuary, and I can I can tell you we have walked in buildings that. 1800 seat traditional Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist Church, it doesn't matter. And they had a foyer about twice the size of this. But please come early and stay late, right? Where? <laughs> you know, would be the. And right. so, uh, if the if if when you say, hey, we are wanting to, we see other churches uh, go to would be, hey, we want more hospitality space. We believe we place a high value on that then that would be a yes. We see a lot of churches understanding that hospitality space is required in today's community. The last couple of generations really like the fact that church families come together and can somewhat stay together. Not that you don't go to worship and education, break apart a little bit, but we all know campuses that we all have arrived on. We, and then you roughly pat all the three kids on the head and say, see you in about three hours. So we arrived as a church and family, right? And then we fractured and then we came back together and left. And so a lot of these last generations want to see spaces where the youngest and the oldest, all mixtures of people can be in age groups, demographic, all those things can be in a hospitality setting that was not only comfortable, but it was intended, it was purposeful, where a, where a grandfather can sit and watch his grandchild play or you know those types of things or mothers can meet during the week and watch their kids play do whatever but you know it's a hot that hospitality space and we'll talk more about that but that would be a, a, an example that I would say uh, along the lines I wouldn't judge 
a church's success by necessarily what's happening down the street, only unless it, you feel like there's a relevancy issue there, or just a lack of what people are looking for. Yeah, and, and, well, just personally, I, I, I think uh, demographics play some role in it, but who is your target? You know, unlike, well, we can't be all things to all people. That's right, in right. The environment that's, that's right. So, who is our target audience? So we're mm -hmm. going for millennials, or we're going for cross brand. Sure. Uh, who, who are we trying to reach, and then is our facility addressing yeah. that? And, and I'll tell you, we, you know, oddly enough, we work. We, we've over the last few years been working with churches. Uh, we, we've got a handful at any given time. You know what they are when we demographically look at what, what they are in whatever community, whatever state, whatever size. They are a. Uh, downward trending in attendance, flat, they've, they've been increasing, they hit a flat over time because we go back in time, you look at their record and, and projecting forward. We see that maybe they've been on a decline, bouncing around a little bit declining over the last few years. You pull up their demographics and what do you believe they are, bottom, top to bottom? They're heavily weighted toward the upper adult and senior adult so whatever it is, at some point in time, they lost reaching young families. Being real church, we'll see people are already come on up in this room, and, but there'll be a time when you need to backfill that with young families, and if you can almost pick a point where it's like what happened in your nursery, preschool, children's youth area, because you can't continue to grow church if you're not bringing young families in. And the same goes to the generation. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And that's one of our problems we have. We've had to finally come to groups with. Uh, my class was called away class, and we said, "Yeah, that's the way out." Right. So it's senior class. Right. And, you know, you in that class, you on your way out. Well, and so it's important sometimes to get the seniors, to, the guys that are beginning, to, and, and families are good to to understand. Hey, we, we want this church to be around for my children, my grandchildren, and their children, and that's important. Uh, that needs to be thought of as again as we look back at these simple questions of relevancy. Hey, if we design this place with serving our needs very well, we've been very comfortable. But if we don't see young families in here, then we are, something is happening where we are speaking a language, either internally or externally, that we're not reaching. But unfortunately, those people who are at that age right now were the people 20 years ago sure. who was really controlling the activities of the church no doubt. and because of their complacence with it. And that's what I'm saying. There's been there's those said, churches. No, I don't want to make a change. That's right. As they're going through it, they stopped it, and they don't realize sometimes what they did yeah. hurt more than yeah. anything yeah. else. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, you see it across the culture. It's the not wanting to let go, letting the next generation take over, or just looking beyond like what's next and how to set up for who is coming next for that person that's not there in that seat yet and it's just trying to get the focus to be on that that outward that serving that missional versus the inward what's in it for me we and literally have to wait for some people to die out right so we could make changes right. and that has happened yeah which is always sad but we'll walk through a few um projects and then we can touch on some of these other points but specifically um to, to address your question earlier about, you know, is there something that's common throughout? Really, it's like Bruce mentioned, it's more themes, and it might be hard to read what I wrote, but, yeah. you know, like gathering, hospitality, connection, and then how you create that is where the uniqueness of each individual, um, you know, church community, church family comes together, just like, you know, we would in our normal homes. So, so when we talk about also reaching that marketplace, you're going to see these next few projects. This is how they specifically, we believe we specifically were addressing a, a need and a desire for them to know, understanding right. your... So, 
this is a church that's in uh, Frisco, Texas, which was it's a it's a very big, booming, up and coming um, city right now. I mean, they're, they people are coming in really fast. Corporations, everything they're just building up, so it's very young. It's very um, energetic. There's a lot of activity. So this was a church that had always been in a warehouse. They had just always been very stripped down. They were very um, energetic, very creative, um, very very technology oriented. Very so utilitarian wanted, in building, though. <laughs> right. So they wanted to keep that when they, when we did this ground up facility. So it was coming in and it was being smart with materials. It was still having some of those same warehouse feel elements or like you know it's a till wall box to play off of that that utilitarian but then coming inside it's the polished concrete it's color it's using pops of that 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 color to, and, and, and lines to create movement to give energy to have everything very intuitive very graphic um, they have a, a creative arts ministry that they want to express throughout they had a like for their their interim worship this was 1500 seats 1500 seats very neutral palette because they wanted to use it for multiple things. So it has a flat floor, uh, slope seating, but it, like you can see in the picture here, it's it's very um, neutral tones. Neutral tones, I mean gray in this particular case, but um, they can flip it for conferences throughout the week. And then when they do service, they used technology with, with lighting, LED screens, um, gobos, all that kind of stuff to help tune the space for what they want to do for the particular sermon series or how they want to experience the worship if they want to size it down to an intimate setting or if they really want something that's rocking and full of energy. So taking advantage of some of those modern amenities with what technology lets you do for a more um, contemporary type feel, which, you know, as a side note, contemporary and traditional are always loaded terms because contemporary means many yeah. different things and traditional means many different things. So What's the, um, age, guys, what's the age range? These guys, I would imagine they're in that low 30s. Yeah, that was the target range. So they like the industrial look? They started in a warehouse and they had gotten really, that was literally, they'd expanded this warehouse and had outgrown it. So they said, you know what, when we get ready to design a new facility, we, they said, you know what, we really like the look of it. That's just who we are. We don't want to lose some of that and try to create a different culture than, than our facility is used to. They don't look the Right. Exactly. That they wouldn't. But they wanted cool. They wanted nice design. So there were some things we did that we felt like addressed no that. No brick and white columns. Right. right. In that case, yeah. That was right. There's one down the street for that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, spaces for youth, and then they had a big. Um, they have a big youth ministry that that spills out and wanted to take advantage of some natural landscape and some other amenities. There's a green trail that actually ties into their site that goes to the whole citywide trail system. So they became a spot on that particular piece, so being able to have that as access for, for, for people from the community to come in on site that maybe wouldn't otherwise come on a Sunday. Um, having classrooms that were highly visible off of the, the main common space, so using glass for that transparency so that people would see activity, there would be connection, and you would be able to just, again, have a little bit of that 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 visual we are all and, and the understanding of flexibility because this turns to be able to be the pastor after the office so it's what was a classroom right. while service is going on they flip it and all of a sudden it becomes a hospitality space and i like the glass but visual being able to see and my parents like to go by yeah, and right. see the child actually having a good time and yeah right, absolutely, absolutely go to the door yeah. and feel like you're yeah. monitoring right, but right. um i also noticed like in several of your sanctuary pictures inside. Are we getting away from windows? 
That's just nope, you'll see several facilities that still, uh, that's, that's all unique to each. So there's a desire for natural light, mm -hmm. but there's also a desire for controlled light. Yeah. So that when you With want technology. to you know, flip the room, you can take advantage of the technology, whether it's mecho shades or other pieces that black that room out so you have that, that control. But then also there's times where you want that natural light for that sense of that openness, that lightness, just uh, that sacredness. Uh, I will tell you there has been definitely a trend, uh, if there's a trend, that we at least are seeing in a lot of areas. Um, it's not that you, I don't think you'll still see these in, in use but a little bit of moving away from the big black box takeover uh, retail center right. where we're going to convert it and, and because, and this will speak to another thing that we'll maybe touch on a little bit today, but just the last couple of generations didn't feel there was an authenticity to, to that. It became a presentation place and not a, right. not a sense of the lost a little bit of reverence. Not a Yeah, production palace and it was all about, hey, come and watch. And so they, there was actually, after a while, you actually, it was your younger generations that said, you know, I'd rather be in a smaller, more intimate, uh, but something that feels a little bit more like church. Or maybe even, again, the upper millennials that had grown up in that, but now they finally get worshiping in our old, re, you know, old, uh, I don't see a crawl on the inside or anything like that. They were very purposeful yeah. in that. Yeah. Which because, and they'll be, you remember the old, uh, they probably reach out to people that maybe have not as been used to coming to church. I mean, they, their target was that, that 30s young unchurched that has either never donned the doors of a or church. Or has had bad experiences. <laughs> or has had bad experiences, and they wanted to take away those those barriers. But have you found that, um, I mean, with this generation, me included now, with technology and the way things happen, that we are, our, our attention span is so short that if you don't have something that's high power and sound sure. bites, yeah. so if you don't have a big mega screens yeah. to be able to visually allow people to see where you're going, that, uh, they become very bored very quickly. Well, well, again, and it goes back to, again, some relevancy, and this really even goes into the home. I mean, you got a lot of homes with movie theaters, certainly have an 80 inch TV in different rooms, you know. And, we grew up with three channels on black and white, and so if all of a sudden your kids, but they've never not known that, if they go into a church that, that uh, technology alone looks like it's behind the times, it's sending a message to that child of like, why, why does my church, and I know there are other churches that do this, so why does our church not? Uh, so out of curiosity, just from the standpoint of expanding, which we're trying to, and we've been a growing church, which has been a blessing for us mm -hmm. for a number of years now. And so we've outgrown the facility we're in, uh, in this uh, modular building, uh, very nice looking building in the community we sit in. So to address the shortage of space, primarily for services, we're mm -hmm. building a new sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So, but my question is, um, where is that fine line between, and what we're going to do is convert the, the current facility into a youth, mm -hmm. now I call it haven. Where the youth and the children's ministry will exist, and but I'm wondering if we're we're putting too much money, too much emphasis right now into a sanctuary to house it because we have to go to three services and to to accommodate the people, and so now your Sunday morning becomes a <laughs> this thing that you know you got to turn over people in space and time to trying to get everybody into one or two services into a bigger facility sure. without sacrificing, because uh, it 
unfortunately, financially, we can't do everything at one time. And we'd love to be able to convert this youth place into something like this, because that's what I see it becoming, a place that, that is, speaks to, specifically to the children. So what, what do you find? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd say the, I mean, the way I would answer that is, is you always, to stay on a growing path, you always need worship, education, and parking to be in balance. So like when you're moving forward, like if you find you're out of worship space, um, so you want to go build worship space, well then you need to make sure you have that proper education space as well or you'll never fill one or the other. Or if you're busting at the seams in education, you're never going to fill your worship because you don't have space for people to go. And if you can't park it on site, then people can't get there. So it, it is part of looking at that balance, but, but like speaking specifically to, you know, how you how you take those steps to begin to, you know, expand, you know, this particular project, it's interesting you mentioned that, um, was going through that same thing where they said, you know, you know what, we're, we're maxing out our services, you know, we're, we're doing three now, we're talking about do we add a fourth, do we do a satellite, um, let's look at, you know, building a larger sanctuary on this particular campus. Well, we started planning that, but then when we started running the numbers, we, just, we, we found quickly that they'd never fill that unless they also expanded the like the education space, specifically preschool and nursery. So the first step for this particular group was to come in, and before we did that worship, to come in and do some additional commons with preschool and nursery space to, to offload, relieve the pressure there, to then set them up for the worship. So we were able to come in and, you know, we. We had some amenities that took advantage of some natural, off the natural setting that, that also spoke to the particular community, um, you know, wants and desires during the week. But being able to come in and have this this new preschool, you know, nursery space that then relieved pressure on the existing space that opened up some more times for them to come in and now do multiple education hours that relieved a little bit more pressure on the worship. So it really comes down to a balance. Well. For example, we were driven by parking. Mm -hmm. We had 125 spaces, and we were using the school down the street, shuttling people back and forth. So we built 500 parking spaces for this first thing we cleared. Yeah, right. Right. So we did that, and now when the people came, now how do you handle them in this small facility? So right. it's it's been kind of driven by emergency. You know, right. what's the biggest headache you have today? And I'm not sure that that's the best plan, but that's literally what. It's well, it, well, the other thing that, that we would, would highly recommend um, is actually having that, that master plan the vision for that camp. Yeah, so like you like looking forward and how that can be broken down in steps to really like you said, and, plan that And when out. you hear us talk about balance of worship parking, worship education, parking, those are, you know, if you are assuming you have a worship and a significant education program, but now add to this a high value that, that we're seeing for the connectivity spaces, mm -hmm. the connecting link tissue, that when people walk in, that first experience before they enter into a sanctuary, before they decide they want to drop their kids into a nursery preschool, they're going to begin to form opinions on whether they can sense their family being here. If this, if this is, take, you've gone now past the curb, you know, now you walk in. And I've got, I'm working with a church right now that is in three services and they're wanting to build a new sanctuary but they're getting rid of their educational space because they're doing small groups mm -hmm. off campus right. and they, they've done basically my terminology they've done away with sunday school they don't have yeah, and you'll see some sundays sure and, exactly. and they, but they want nursery space for the children sure but they're wanting to build about a 1500 seated auditorium mm -hmm. but they're not worried about educational space anymore because they don't do it yeah 
They, right. they won't and we appreciate some churches. They want the worship. They want to make that. So I, that's well, new to me. Well, and what, some and of that is also the culture of the church. That's right. And some and of that is in a response to you have high memberships, high attendance records, but not you have people now attending maybe twice a month and, and they consider themselves regular goers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four times and Sunday night window, whatever all those things are. So with that. Uh, you see some churches trying to address, hey, if we can just get them here for an hour. So parents are going to come to worship, they're going to drop their kids, and then, and then they're going to leave. And so there's not, they're losing that traditional, and then that, for some areas, demographically, that's appealing to that group that says, now I might come two, maybe three times a month because I can handle, you know, versus more of a, of a Sunday that, that traditionally you'd see church go. Now, again, I think some of those are cyclical. Frankly, and they'll come I think back, but with us, we have, um, I most recently came back into the building we're in. But for me, it's just like you said, about seven years ago, when I came in, it's chaotic to get your child to the daycare. Yeah. So we're, we're working we, with a church in Kentucky that the executive pastor just got through school. He was just hired. And he said, you know what, my first experience was almost 45 minutes checking in my three kids. Yes. He said, by the time I went from one building to one building to one building, he said, I had decided, I don't know this. And he goes, then I ended up getting hired here, so I decided <laughs> to stay, but we're fixing that. So we're tearing them because literally, if you see the way their campus was arranged, the, the nursery preschool was considered like the back house. It was as far away as it could be possible. It needs to be closer to that room right there. Right. I'm going to go back and just hit a couple of these more here on um, just what could this particular uh, uh, Grace Bible, this is a, here's another thing, you're seeing a lot of satellites, right? You're hearing about a lot of churches. Yes. That's extremely important in a demographic study of understanding when it's appropriate to do a satellite, not because of numbers, but who are you trying to reach? And what, is it a, is it a, a unique setting that's caused? This is a church that um, their biggest growth uh, was in college ministry, because they literally sit on the edge of the campus of Texas A&M. This particular campus right here is uh, called Creekside Campus. They want a community. So now they're trying to one that addresses more young families, right? Now, that doesn't mean they're going to bring it away from the college. Well, their specific mission is to basically bridge the university, the college kids, and the families so that they build up future leaders that can go out and evangelize. But they want those families that are grounded to be able to mentor up those college kids. And so, but where they're specifically making space that lets those two user groups come together. And, and where their current campus is great, they don't have any outdoor fellowship. They just cram packed or park it to get the kids on site. I mean, and other people go there as well, but it's a pretty significant campus. Uh, then this one's more out in the burbs, sits along the creek. We purposely, and they asked, well, hey, we want outdoor fellowship area. We, want, we literally want to, again, promote that come early, stay late, let us get to know you as a, as a church family. They've got teaching areas outside around fire pits along the creek. We, we cross bridges from the parking lot into the side that the church is on. And so literally this entire facade is glass that will look out toward the creek. That's the creek side campus. What's yeah. the budget uh, on something like that? Uh, this particular is 13 million, I think, for a, that's, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, well, square how many folks? Maybe 50, 60,000 square feet. So again, how many? It's a 600 it's, seat expandable to 1,000. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, the footprint is 1,000, but they want it will be 600. Because they're going to start with a 100, 200. So 1,000 for the campus or 1,000 for the seat? 1,000 seat for the worship. For the worship. Yes, for the worship. Because I'm afraid, yeah, we, we're looking at that, but the way I'm looking at this is, 
I I draw as our pastor. Now he is a very he's a youth pastor, and it's nothing more than I've seen people go away from college and come back because they want to. That was my draw in back, and then I got a job like the guy. And so now I'm now I'm like, okay, we got to fix what this is because I almost didn't come back. You know, right? It was right. the draw of the pastor that come back. But so, so so oddly enough, this campus, which is a satellite and not their main campus, right, uh, probably will ultimately become a likely a, 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 another. And there are, they've already got even yet another satellite campus, and they'll be and they're looking at another one. But this one will have this has uber amount more, you know, t five times more hospitality space than their other campus did. It's just a series of winding corridors because that's the way the church has grown and filled up its allotted site. And this hospitality seems to be something that is very key. Yes. Yeah. Because what else happens in this how do you space? Build relationships? Yeah, and what else Absolutely. happens in that space Absolutely. is yes, that's really how when people walk in, there's there's a sense of intuitiveness. You know, if I walk in, I go, clearly there's worship, probably where I want to check in my kids. You know, that's very intuitive. You're again, your most recent generations, because they've grown up with, well, I do. if you I need to find some place, you know, it's like, well, I'll map it, so they'll, they'll pull up a map to get around a hotel. Or, you know, because right. they don't want to ask questions when they can ask right. right here. They expect they can find it digitally or either intuitively. And so the last couple of generations has not been the type to come up to a greeter and say, I've got three little kids. Can you tell me how I need to check in and take me help, just help me go? They want to do it themselves, and they want to go people. check in and get there themselves. Right. And that's what we're doing. We're that's pointing that way through that 50 people <laughs> <laughs> yeah working way upstream <laughs> right well and if it and if it becomes difficult then that is a barrier that a lot of people just don't want to deal with i mean like if it takes 25 minutes to drop your kids off it's like man i'll just either take them to the sanctuary with me or yeah. well, hopefully that's what well, the new sanctuary will bridge into buildings but what you've helped me to see is that i think we need to put some immediate yes. catch right. into the current facility uh, to make it. Here's again, a, here's again a church that also generates excitement. When we talk about marketplace, here's a church who had never had a home uh, outside of an office building, Class B office building, about 60,000 square feet. They have two little lobbies at different ends of camps, a little bit bigger than this room. So when they bought this site out on the George Bush Tollway, um, they never, they didn't have a particular image that they had as a church because they'd been in a two-story office building. Right? Right. And so, but they actually moved out in a corporate environment, so they were okay to have the look and feel and appeal of of a room uh, that's multi-purpose. They they have large family food events on a regular basis, and so it almost takes on a little bit more of a dinner theater. But you'll see this concourse that presents itself along the tollway that would be out there in the distance, right. the glass. They couldn't believe that they had 300 feet of hospitality space when they were used to two. They didn't. They couldn't even understand how they had functioned before as a church, uh, because this was their first home. Um, well, and just use of like the colors, the textures, the materials. It's very vibrant. It's open. It's naturally lit. When you walk in, you you naturally, intuitively know where to go. Like the children's is over here to the left. You keep on walking down. You can go up the steps up to youth. You walk on down. There's worship, so it, it, it does have a little bit of that just natural flow, um, and it's very you know it's, it's secure. It's it's friendly. You can walk up. You can be helped. You walk in. You see everything. Like parents can walk in and know where their kids are. Um, it's just the the amenities that you would have and expect to see. So I mean it's 
and, and speaks and you, that language. As you speak, you don't lose security. That's right. That's what's yes. extremely important on this, being a freeway terminal. Yes. You're always concerned about uh, a transit community or people just coming in and stopping by. And so that was really important to this church level of security. But basically what you're dealing with so far is that in your facilities, right? Uh, a lot of you'll see several of these are in the we're getting model in addition range. <laughs> in fact, yeah, so, so yeah, so, we, so the first point we talked about was the you know design to your marketplace. I mean, really, the, the second major point, like with any good story, is like you know what's that clarity of purpose? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we really about? What really is driving all of this? The meaning behind it. Um, so that's where we were talking a little bit earlier about you know look at the ministry behind it because the ministry is what really needs to drive the space and so like a good question to ask is are your current facilities a distraction from what you're trying to so, do so let's give a scenario when we're, we're brought on we're working with a staff a church they may have a committee maybe working with just executive leadership but let's say we, we eventually want to talk to what we call the users of the building the staff directors of preschool, uh, children, youth, worship guys, all, all the people that are driving ministries out, they, they're going to better than anybody be able to speak about their specific programmatic needs. We start talking to them about their spaces, tell us about how you're doing your ministry, tell us what this, well, so they start saying some things and we may ask, well, okay, well, tell us why you're doing that. We're not trying to challenge them adversarially, we're just telling us, well, but let us help understand the why. And a lot of times the response might be, that's just the way we've Oh, that's the kind of space we've had. Well, well how, why wouldn't you do it this way? Well, we'd love to, but we've never had that kind of volume. We've never had that kind of space. Well, what you've just communicated to us as architects is, what I'm saying, your facility is driving the way you're doing your ministries. We want to wipe that slate clean and go, tell us how you want to do ministries, and then let us see if we design a facility that. Easier if it's brand, brand new. A little more challenging sometimes if it's an existing campus, and sometimes the answer on an old 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s campus is you can't do ministry in that building the way it was designed, so either you, you can continue to allow your building dictated, or we can make significant modifications, sometimes remove it, and then build a more efficient and effective building that now serves the, you know, maybe in a times past this building served you well, but it's not today, and you've got to make that a value call. On again, back. Do I go buy that more? Spend, do I buy that tool that will get the job done better? Yeah. So, so this particular church, this is a, it's a Methodist church that's located in University Park, which, if you're familiar with SMU, it's 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 in that basically it's right across the street, not actually on campus. I think their main mm -hmm. their main sanctuary is, but. They've always had a, a special needs ministry there that has been open to the communities. I believe it's called Friday Night Owls mm -hmm. or something like that. But basically where they opened it up to the community, well, they wanted to let that ministry expand. And so we built a, a we actually tore down some facilities and built back a, a new three-story that was 25,000 square foot special needs, 25,000 square foot a year, and then 25,000 square feet of activity and uh, assembly type space that's for the community. And the recreation. Um, so it's really knowing for But them. their style of campus, they wanted to match. You know, you right. say a youth facility and all that that looks like it got, but because they wanted to match all the rest right. of the building on SMU's campus. So everything it's also here. physical, what is it? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, right. that would be more uh, Georgian, Georgian and Jefferson Williams style. It would be more red brick bucket. But that particular is a Gothic campus right. there. Yeah, so, so everything in this facility was very purposeful 
towards either the special needs, speaking to youth, or open to the community. So you have like your main connection that comes in that ties it back across the street to the main campus, but then that feeds directly into, say, this is a, a show kitchen. It's called Chances, but it's it's a teaching kitchen, you know, show kitchen for the special needs to come in and run. They can take classes. It's life skills um, where it really lets them just learn how to be a little bit more self-sufficient, but it also gives... Um, and it's a cradle-to-grave ministry. Yes, just those opportunities, the sensory rooms that specifically are designed with equipment, with the lighting, with, the, with all the different pieces that, that come along with the different disabilities that, that people might have this is again understanding your demographic and needs in the community right. you're seeing many more churches find that there is a need in their community for special needs it may not be depending on where you're at but right. we're, we're doing a lot of special needs facilities we're um, doing complete facilities complete as in i mean in terms of dedicated primarily for specific oh yes sir that yes sir so in that case there was twenty five thousand square foot we, we were, we were doing a uh, project for brentwood baptist if uh mm -hmm. southern nashville that'll be our eighth phase on the campus but this next will be a special needs facility right we were trying to address special needs but uh it's a, it's a challenge Right. right. And, uh, so usually they're bringing very in. special people to, yep. to run that. Program. Absolutely. You can't. You can't. I'll say you can ease your way into it, but you would typically have to have some staff that are dedicated to in understanding that. But then also, like I mentioned, that the youth, like here, they also do. Um, I mean, it's not really an after-school program, but they wanted to create a space that kids could come after school they could hang out do homework you know connect with others but it was just a safe place that they could just come be and um, this is a high school slash college because this is actually a neighborhood church although it has about four six thousand people but it's a neighborhood church because it's smu's right. wrapped with the neighborhood right but it is also college kids can come over here but this is where like, you can see to speak to the you know to the kids it was in that gothic style architecture that that blended with the rest of the campus but then you start to break it down a little bit, introduce colored lighting, open up the structure, um, you know, you bring in uh, equipment where you can have community classes. I think this is set up actually for an art class, um, but just allowing them the opportunities for gaming tables, I mean, just really giving them a sense of space that they have ownership in, a you place can, where they can just come and hang out. They've even got this huge How message. Much with this couldn't be cheap by any stretch of the Well, line. this well, is this also is the particular neighborhood that this is in. Um, Probably one of the higher level. It's it's your it's Mark so Cuban. The, the demographics that they're trying to target. <laughs> George Bush goes had here. A certain expectation. Yeah. Gotcha. So that this is also an example of the marketplace. <laughs> yeah, right. I agree. This is your highest. Well. This is if you're familiar with University Park and Highland Park. This is that area. So yeah. So this is not all church, but the same ideas apply where it's youth having their space, children having an identifiable space, knowing what they like to do, how they like to interact. Not everyone likes ping pong, maybe it's pool, maybe it's shuffleboard, cornhole, ring top. I mean, there's different ways that they connect. Is it gaming? Is it more social, basketball? And interesting, see these areas right here, that, mm -hmm. all those? So this big open community area, I don't know if you noticed while ago, Almost got like a, a bar area. They mm -hmm. set it up. I know, but it's a like a recreation, uh, food dining type of thing that they'll right. bring in. But then all the open areas are surrounded. There's an outdoor deck. That outdoor deck out there looks out over SMU and the other campus. 
See all these little pits? They're all designed for different styles of communication. All these glass rooms you see like they're they're breakouts on Sunday, but during the week they have people coming in and, and doing private music studies. Mm -hmm. uh, they're studying. In fact, this project's been open maybe six months now, five or six months. They were they were overwhelmed with the amount of kids wanting to come in and just do homework after after school and stay there, and then they then they play there until nine o'clock at night. So they'd come in. That this was their retreat at 3.30 or 4, they'd get there, they'd kind of relax, they'd go do their homework, and they'd get in these study groups in there. And so all these rooms were meant to be purposeful as far as you can just come into our church and take up a private space. Class, we want to be able to see you in there, but we have made a space for you to come hang out. Until 9, 10 o'clock at night, they'd have a, what's the gaming thing where you do it on a, you know, national base or worldwide basis. Uh, they have a center for that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then, and then having some adult community space that could come in. I think they even do like Pilates, yoga, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, this is up on the third level, um, which is kind of interesting. But um, another project, this is in Louisiana, and they were in your you know, prototypical, it was the red brick, white steeple, which you can see in the background. Um, the front door faced the intersection, and there was no parking anywhere, so you always came in the side doors and went down two wings, and then how you got to the sanctuary was this awkward turnaround. No space, you know, no space to come together as a family, no place to gather. Um, and so, specifically for them, they, they were relational in how they do everything. I mean, I mean in fact, they, their, their mission is, you know, experience life-changing relationships. Everything is geared around that. So it was, how do we create a space that leverages their existing campus, but then basically builds a you know, new sanctuary, new connection, new education. So we're standing in that previous picture, Mark, we go back. We now, are, we're, we're, we're much closer in this. You can see where the previous building was, but it faced, the front door faced, mm -hmm. the, the false major front door faced the major intersection. Now we've brought that to, we put parking, because right. Mark said all of it came from behind, but look, look, when he talks about this experience, life chain relation, look with the, right in the crux, and you're gonna see this is a worship center, commons, and you're gonna see here in a little bit, there's an education, is an outdoor fellowship area lit at night. They'll baptize out there 300 a time, you know, and, but they want the community to drive by and, and look into their outdoor fellowship areas, like be right there. Um, yeah, this is, you know, the children's building is two stories and the, the actual theming that they did, they downplayed it to more uh, painted graphics, but it tells the story of like, in their particular area in Covington, you know, it was about the oak tree having the strong roots. Well, you know, every oak tree starts as a little acorn. You know, you plant that seed and then you, you cultivate it, you, 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 um, you know, water and nourish it so that as it grows, it becomes that strong tree that has those, those roots that, you know, a, a hurricane can't blow down, but then it also now becomes that habitat, that, that place for life that spreads out to the world. So it's, they use the space to tell that story and there's, there's little spots as you walk through the education space that has verses and other things that, that key back into that mission. And Bruce mentioned we created courtyards between the existing space and the new space so we we what we would otherwise have just been empty space because it um, we needed that separation for code, code, code purposes it's like well let's let's leverage that the space between spaces that becomes additional fellowship space you know connection space where people could go outside on a nice day and still linger you know you want to give them those opportunities to you know come early and stay late because that's really, you know, like how the family comes together. It's like you sit outside on the porch and you just chit-chat, you talk, you catch up. Um, but just having those opportunities spread throughout the campus, creating a common space that connected everything that was very intuitive, that when you walked in, you had easy line of sight to 
the existing space, you know, an information welcome desk, a cafe, preschool, bookstore, worship, children's, everything was fed off of that one hub. So it became that natural place that everyone could gather together. I can't comprehend a church of that size. <laughs> what, what's amazing is how they become a beacon in the community, they, right. a thing that they didn't even realize. You, you would not expect Covington to be what that space he just showed. They opened that facility up, and only because it responded to apparently there was a need out there that they never knew about. But people in the business community found out that they were a hot spot, so they just come and say, "Hey, can I sit here?" Maybe for someone that works out of their home, they just go, "Can I come and sit here?" And your coffee shop's open. I can sit here for four, six hours and work. They don't care. They're in their lobby. Uh, they've got some private rooms that they normally would use. Their coffee room available. They're open on the lobby, like private dining rooms and things like that. That that they just say, hey, yeah, if you need a conference room, just as long as we're not using it, you're good to use. And then you have day school happening with moms passing by, and so they can interconnect with people. And it's just become a place where people have landed in that hospitality center that aren't all church members, but they, <laughs> they well, found themselves on their campus. When, like you see, like I, I paused here because, you know, they specifically yes, knew, you know, young moms are always looking for places that they can take their kids. It's a sheltered, protected environment, especially on, on hot days or on climate days. So they knew they wanted to come in with an indoor play and a party room that the community could use. So it actually is open throughout the week that people can reserve the space. They could do birthday parties, or they get together, you know, just, just um, you know, have... They say it's constantly really um, But then the, the sanctuary, being able to come together, and they have a, a blended model where they have, I mean, this room, you know, it's, it's highly contemporary, you know, it takes advantage of all the lighting, the digital technology, um, you know, it has a, a praise band, but they also have a traditional service where they have an organ. So being able to leverage the technology and how you can tune that room and you can create that type of experience that you want to create, but all geared towards bringing people together, how the room wraps down, how it gives a, this is 2,400 seats, but it still has that intimate feel so that when you're in there, you feel like you're with everybody and it has that sense of community and it's not just a, a big space. So it came from a 1,200-seater, but it was roughly wrapped with corridors. So there was, again, no chance to really build that community. If you were standing in line for a coffee at their old coffee shop, it literally kind of wrapped along the wall and just, you know, that, because otherwise you're going to be in the way of the hospitality space. So um, that's, that's what we talked about, creating those spaces earlier about where all age groups feel comfortable. Um, you know, and then again, just thinking of, you know, this is another, um, I mean, fairly large church, 2,200 in the D.C. area, it's in Virginia, and very strong vision from the senior pastor to create that sense of, of retreat. I want a place that people can come from just the busyness of what it is to, you know, the, all the politics and everything else, and just come, relax, feel comfortable, put their feet up, and then just be themselves, be be comfortable enough to share, to open up. So it was going with that more um, lodge, retreat, look yeah. and feel, the use of materials, how it gives that, that, it starts to create that sense of, all right, I'm going to relax, I'm going to. to so to this was about myself. a 30-acre site with about 80 feet of fall on it. It was totally, when I say 80% wooded when we got there. And I remember the pastor said, I just, I wanted the look and feel of the ski lodge. He kept having a ski lodge like here in Virginia, kind of the area, but, um, what he meant by that, he says, okay, I wanted to play, feel like a place that a man could come in and kick off his shoes and put his feet up as if he is at home. I just I want that place of respite. 
retreat like Marquitos. These guys are mostly DC people working in this, and then when they come home, I want them to feel like the church is a place they can retreat to. And so uh, you can see all the use of stone and wood and steel, very natural materials that you might find more in a ski lodge. Six thousand square foot coffee house, known now as the number was known in the last years known as the number one coffee house to be on Starbucks. <laughs> but very intentional because they just knew that community. They're very. But a lot of times, it's knowing what you believe is going to work and really having that vision. But you know what they didn't understand? They, he, we were, they were smart enough to say, "Hey, give us a little venue place within this big cafe that also is a is a side element of our large yes. hospitality. Yes. We made it like a street side cafe feel." But they, but now they've got two or three hundred people that sit out there, get maybe people that are not real comfortable, maybe never been in a church, uh, for first experience. Mom's not ready to let her kid go in a nursery. She may not even want to go sit in the worship, but they will let them sit out here in this coffee shop. But it's not to be a coffee house mentality. It, it hey, when worship starts, you're all in. You <laughs> know, you're listening and you're watching. So it's a little venue out here, 250, 300 people, but we don't want you out here. You know, now now you the hospitality part's over, and now we're going to be in worship, and they just let them. Then finally, they say some of those people will find themselves in the main worship. Well, and then this is an example of a modern facility that still uses the natural light. Like you mm -hmm. can see the glass yeah. on the sides that yeah. is controllable, but it's very site. intentional to take advantage of the site. And there is something appealing and calming to have that naturally lit space. That and just a such a simple service. I mean, a simple, such a great communicator in place. It, it just, he nailed it in terms of Pastor Ed saying he understood the visionary. I want this is what I need a facility to speak to. So, so finally, and this I think will address what you were asking earlier as far as new construction versus renovation. Um, the, bit, the big takeaway would be, um, you know, as you think about your marketplace, you know, designing to that, it's you know the clarity of purpose. What are you trying to accomplish? It's 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 having the forethought just to revitalize when necessary, to really go back in and refresh. So this is a quote that, that we actually like from C.S. Lewis <laughs> that basically says, the person that figures out first they're going the wrong way and turns back is the smartest. Yeah. Um, hey, what you're doing in work, you probably want to think about it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really, it's taken, it's taken that, that critical eye and saying, you know, is the campus, you know, is your current campus congruent with your messaging? You know, what are you wanting to convey and does, yeah. does the facility help convey that? You know, and, and through that, are you actually reaching your surrounding community like you want to? So, so we probably have, what, four churches, you know, a few churches in there represented. Do you believe your church currently sends a congruent message? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about from your brand messaging to the look of the facilities to yeah, you when you walk in. Is that a congruent message? Because we have, I don't think we have fully defined what our branding should be. That's the evolving. Do you think where you go? Our church, whenever they built the new uh, sanctuary, did a good job of building a building that carried through and designed mm -hmm. into today. The thing that they did wrong was what you talked about earlier, was when people come in the foyer, very small. We have gone back to the architect and have plans now where they created an outdoor entrance under the canopy is to now enclose that, and when we enclose that, that will become all glass mm -hmm. 
to give me more light coming into it. Sure. But to add 300 square feet to it, but that 300 square feet will almost double what we have and make the entrance and exit of the building much better because of it requires to change some of the sidewalks and things like this allows to put out a, uh, an exterior reading center place for someone to stand to, to greet. Um, but do you got, how do you guys feel about your messaging? Pretty congruent messaging. I think, I think our we just went through a major renovation. So it helped you. You brought some yeah. that to life. And, and it's it, we didn't increase anything. We just made it brighter. Yeah. Well, and so when we talk about messaging, again, you know, it is something that is speaking a, you know, when we talk about congruent message, uh, we've all been in facilities where it's like, oh, this is the 60s era, and this is the 70s era, and this is the 80s era. Hey, this actually looked like it's at least been in the 2000s. Hey, this is a brand new facility. And so you, you and it may be that sometimes maybe the children's area is the one that's still back in the 80s, but man, we've got a brand new man, adult building or whatever it is. And so then you drive around that facility and you can sometimes, we've, we've had to make the block a couple times and we pretty well count the decades, right? And, and that's okay, sometimes churches expand and grow and all that. Now when we internally though come inside, are we sending a congruent message by look and feel? So let's take the, the red brick, white column, rocket ship on top of Steve <laughs> That's what he's in, <laughs> in the business. We all know that iconic church to the average passerby, right? They go, know what happens in that church. Maybe not, right? Could be, if, if in their minds when they went in there, hey, that's a that's a church with an organ and that's the traditional iconic church. But maybe that's not what's in there. Maybe that church is totally different in terms of their forms of worship or their level of look and feel, but the messaging on the outside is speaking one language and then, uh, I can, I can flip that on a project we did in Dallas years ago. Walked into this very contemporary, probably 250,000 square foot Church of Christ right on the interstate. I always thought it was like a junior college or an office building. Very contemporary looking. Barrel vault glass and all those things. First time I walked in the doors, we were hired to, we were asked to come over and talk to them about doing a project. We, we did. I walked in the doors and, and I'm, I'm sure my jaw dropped. Everything I thought I was going to experience 100%, it was dark stained wainscoat. Foo foo chairs out of grandma's room that like don't sit in those, you know, they're not for sitting, they're just to look at. <laughs> Chandeliers hanging for that extremely contemporary, uber contemporary building. When I walked inside, I was like, wow. So if someone's judging you by that and they walk in, you just sent them the wrong message, right? Or they received it differently when they opened the doors. That's what I'm talking about, congruent messaging. Yeah. Now, also, then what happens out of the pulpit and then your children's programs and all that, that's another level of messaging and branding. But sometimes we just see that. <laughs> Y'all have about five different languages going on and, 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 and sometimes competing against each other. Well, from, from that standpoint, uh, we get a very important message going on. Mm -hmm. We went through an innovation right to gentlemen sat there probably uh, almost two years ago now, a year and a half, two years ago, where we, I just said, brought it into the century. I mean, the church is not that old, it's 20 years old. Right, but the, it's a fairly contemporary exterior, so you don't get the idea of the steeple and sure. kind of stuff. You get the yeah, idea of the church, right. but not necessarily that. So we just modernize things and brighten it up throughout the whole building. And people there take a whole new pride in yeah. coming into the building because yeah. you just freshen things up. Wait, well, like, like this is a good example. This, this is, is a real good church. church in, in, in North Carolina. You know, I mean, 
Would you think that's a church? It's a six-story hotel behind it. Six-story hospital. Oh, yeah, it, it's all concrete. There's no glass. You can't see wow. anything. So Each room does have its own air conditioner, though. Right. It is a six-story <laughs> so, Two six-story towers. So it was working with them and coming back and recreating a new worship center up front and then using light, um, using glass to really open that up, to brighten it up, to actually make it seem inviting that, that more matched the welcoming sense of, of, of who they're, like their ministry, but it wasn't when we, represented. When we started with this church, they said, and I, they've been in that church for now 35 years, they said, there's one thing, they were worshiping in what would be the convention center portion, right? That piece, very low ceilings, as big as the room was, uh, they're reaching a lot of college kids and all that. Uh, but obviously you can imagine navigating six floors of long linear turn quarters in his room after room like a hotel room that's how your offices or preschool or children's or don't, doesn't matter but they were like we were known as the church without windows because there is one set of double door glass doors that led into that hotel <laughs> and like is there anything you can do to help give us that was the main entry. That's, that's the main entry or was the, was main, the main entry, entry. To, to this facility so this is the entry today and so now you can it's see the up. difference in terms of not only the appeal but also the it's inviting you can actually see what's happening inside the space this was the commons before that where people would, would gather you know by brightening mm -hmm. it up by use of materials just letting it be a little bit more open it has a little bit more of that welcoming come stay feel um, providing those, those seating areas um, letting activity be seen inside and out so that, that you actually would have that there's previously was just a closed off big building you know running 3,000 right. people and that was people funneled in that or either they walked in at the end of a of a hotel quarter and another set of glass doors and work their way up. Um, and then being able for them to actually have a, a dedicated worship space that was actually designed for worship that um, was a very plus for them that just really let them no longer just be in a, it's a facility we happen to worship in, but we actually created a, a worship space that allows us to do our particular style. So obviously these last ones we're talking about here, how do you do, what happens if you revitalization? Here's a church, they need a revitalization again in Tulsa. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, not literally, you could drive around again the block downtown, uh, starting with the 1930s Art Deco building. There's a hotel on the fight done in the 50s. These two buildings, two four-story buildings, done in the 60s. This is in the 80s. The sanctuary was the 50s. There was one gap left on campus that we ended up filling, and I can tell you a lot of things about this campus, but primarily that new building now serves as a nursery, preschool, children's, adult, just to connect and, and and ultimately take down this seven-story tower uh, hotel that they've been using in a, the two four-story buildings. But giving them breathing new life into the building, they're a, very, a flourishing church in a downtown setting. Uh, security is huge. Um, well, and very purposeful and just not just children's space, but also having some adult space that's part of that, especially like say young parents with their kids maybe on the floor below them, but then there's that connection. So you can see it's opened multiple floors. I think it's opened three floors. Mm -hmm. And that third three. floor has a, a, a deck that can spill out. But uh, fourth, fourth floor you can go out floor. on a deck. But. Uh, but yeah, you'd have the little kids, then you'd have you know the older kids, and then you'd have parents that could go up. So they're all contained within that space. <coughs> um, so it just helps with the flow, just the, the open corridors that it's, still provide hospitality, seating. But I'm going to go back here just for a second. You imagine the first time we rode around the block and we had a 30s Art Deco building and a this is a dressed up version of the 1970s tilt wall gymnasium box that was 
pretty well windowless and stuff, you know, just trying to tie a campus together. So purely from an architectural standpoint, that initial message branding that people drove by, very confusing. Where do I enter? What is this part of your church or is this part of you know, this was an old data center build, building, um, which we now have removed that old data center tower, but but you know, so it was very confusing to even where do I come into this church. Yeah, which was the department store. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's actually around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, if people are going to make the attempt, you know, churches, there was a time when, when churches were moving out of downtown settings, and now you're seeing the, church, the people are saying, I'm willing to, because church downtowns are flourishing, they're bringing let people live back in, creating that density. And so uh, churches are responding to that, but they also needed to make it worthwhile that drive again, too. And, See, we look at a church that's got a, it's almost 250 years old as far as the church, mm -hmm. property since 1930s. But we sit on one acre yes. for everything we do. Yeah. And we have portion of school across the street, and we have other property adjacent to it uh, that we can use for parking. But that's, we're so landlocked. Right. And we, we're just limited to the point that we are very close, I think, to right. what we do with the property. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because this actual, this church, landlocked, and they... All, all this parking right here, uh, triple that, and they've got that about a half mile away, and they have to be bussed right. in. <laughs> but like you said, they, they were evaluating their outreach, who they're trying, you know, what are they trying to do, their ministries, and realized that they weren't really hitting that young, that, that young family. You know, they, they, were, they were trending older and they realized, you know what, we need to figure out how we can better address young families, how we can bring those, the, you know, the, that demographic in. So in this particular case, you know, they had built, what, seven or eight phases? Six, six phases, I believe, none of which made sense. But and so it was going mission. back and, and looking, and it actually ended up, we took down a swatch of, of the yeah. existing campus and then built this. back an infill. So, like say for example here, this was what the church looked like. So it was your typical red brick, you know, limited windows, you know, the white steeple. You, you roughly came into a small, uh, tight corridor also right. ceiling. So it was coming back and then blending with the existing campus, but then having more glass, more transparency, a little bit more modern appeal, then letting that create that, that fellowship space inside that now fed front and center this new children's space that actually, you know, had color, had some activity, um, it had connection across the multiple floors, but that really gave that a, a presence that people could see, they could interact with, and it really said this is a priority here, whereas before it was the, the children's space was literally, you got to go, I think like somebody mentioned earlier, well, 500 feet that way, take a right, then a left, then if you pass through a set of doors, and it's in the back. So, so that says we don't. So Appreciate. in this in this space, in this space, the nursery preschool hall was back here, and guess where the worship was. So wow. we took an old dining hall, and they wanted to open up a contemporary worship. Um, so we made that, and then tore down this whole piece of the campus down to its basement level to come to sort of, the, and then built that back new. It took an original face and extended all of that out forward to create now two story volume. You can see people up there interaction of. Uh, and now you have preschool children and young families going to traditional or contemporary worship. And then we just kind of rearranged the entire campus, but also gave it a new presence. So going back to the, some of the things you were talking about, a lot of projects we do are where we're taking an existing campus and repurposing or recreating and giving it a new vision and branding and those things.
and really um, there's a few more projects. I know we're we're getting close on time, but um, this I mean, is this yeah, is one we're tearing down as part of a campus that we create. Currently in design right now, um, working with them on how to again create that common space. They have some you know buildings that aren't connected. How do we create that common space? How do we say families first? We want to create that sense of, um, you know, that the church that, as a family that we, we want. Their youth are across a six-lane highway in a big retail shopping center, and we're bringing them up back on campus and totally tearing down the facilities and creating new preschool children's right. But but throughout the space, it's taking advantage of seating areas and like it's not just a stair that transit you know transitions between floors, but it has conversations. Mixed within that, so there's always an opportunity for people, people to connect. Uh, and again, just lots of light, bright sense of we'll, identity. We'll wrap up with one last little thing here, and uh, and we'll let it just kind of speak for itself. I'm gonna put, this is a product about a block away from our well, actually away from our office. And uh, video. yeah, so this is a campus uh, that it's kind of known affectionately as the Turkey Campus. We didn't we didn't mess with the old sanctuary because I know we renovated it. But you can see uh, what previously a campus that looked like a prison by the owner's own admission. They, this is a community that's greatly going through revitalization, big corporations moving in, but they realized they were not growing with young families that were all moving in, and they realized we've got to do something to be attractive. Uh, same thing, we took off facades of building, taking down three buildings, you know, all those things, and now making this a much more relevant. It was a building built. Buildings A, B, C, D, E, F, G, how many ever phase of that? All built at once back in the Texas Instruments days. Kind of designed by, well, it looked, looked like it was designed by some engineers. <laughs> and and uh, did not function very well. So that's like a Yeah. And, and so the only thing they did not build originally in the first phase, one phase, was the chapel or the lobby. Like, can you imagine that? They've never built a lobby since the 80s. You know, they walked outside the, uh, we are also doing a new chapel. But a whole new preschool facility, preschool children's facility, new chapel, and mainly a new hospitality connection. Uh, so that gives a good example of how to revitalize a you know campus. You don't have to abandon it. You just have to sometimes recognize you know what these buildings have served us well for many years, but they are no longer serving us well, and they realize that their facilities are a distraction to their ministry. They, by their own admission, we look and feel like we're a prison. I mean, there's windowless facades and very small, just kind of. Uh, it sits right along a freeway, major freeway church there. Um, so to recap, those are the things that, that we feel like, uh, just a couple of things that we end up dealing with sometimes on, on, on uh, in church planning. Well, and it's really just reemphasize that, you know, we, we're architects, you know, we design space for a living, but, but we, we all know that ultimately that is just the shell that we need to fill with the people because the people are the church and how can we best, how can we create those right tools that let us do what we need to do which is share the gospel and reach people for Christ. So, Any other questions? I know we've got a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, give me a lot to think about. <laughs> Good. Well, if you have any questions, we got to move that.